Hey monkeys, what's up? Uncle Silver back here with you on the Arm Date Podcast. Today is Sunday, the 17th of July, 2011. Let's go ahead and get some of our contact info out of the way real quick. If you would like to call in and leave a voicemail for the show, you can do that at area code 206-339-3266. Again, 206-339-3266. I do use that number for my other podcast, Firearms Cafe. So if you do leave a message, just let me know that it's for the Arm Date Podcast. That way I can play that for you. If you would like to send an email into the show and I can read it out for you, that'd be great. Or if you want to record your own audio for the show and don't want to do the voicemail, you can attach a MP3 or a WAV file to your email and I'll play that for you on the show. And that email address is thearmedape at gmail.com. Again, all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. Okay, enough of that jazz. I recently got back from a a trip to Montana. My family and I went up there for a vacation. It's really, really nice up there. I uh, live in Arizona, and when we left here, it was probably about 108. We got up there, and it was about 71 or 72, so it it was just heavenly. Uh, in fact, I think the hottest it ever got up there was about 82 or 83, and uh, we had really good weather. If you guys have never had the opportunity to visit Montana, if you like lots of big open spaces, and uh, especially if you go up in some of the wooded areas, the kind of the mountain areas, it's really nice. It's really pretty. Um, everybody that we came across was really friendly, really nice, very helpful. Uh, just a, a really neat state. So anyway, kind of enough of the travel log there brochure. Uh, We've got some reviews today on the show. Our first one is going to be from Eric, so take it away, Eric. Hey, Tony. Eric here with another quick movie review for the Arm Date podcast. I recently saw Battle Los Angeles, and uh, I got to try and review this without giving away any spoilers for those who haven't seen it. But basically, if I were to give it a letter grade, I have to give it a B for dumb. Um, And I know somebody out there loved the movie, and and they're going to be really upset. Let me explain why. Uh, I really would give it a D, which, you know, if we're looking at letter grades, is below average, right? C is average, D is, you know. uh, It should have been more. And I don't mean more visually spectacular. I don't necessarily mean uh, longer. It just kind of fails to achieve. Now, it's been 15 years since Independence Day, and I think we're due for another large-scale alien invasion. But this one took kind of a unique approach and decides to tell the story from the point of view of uh, a Marine squad or platoon. I'm not really sure what the size is. I'm an Air Force weenie. What do I know? All I know is they decided to do a whole lot of shaky cam and a whole lot of CGI, and it kind of comes off as an excuse to ignore choreography or uh, actually setting a stage or even designing anything worth a damn. Um, You never really get to see anything, so it doesn't really play out very visually interesting at all. Uh, There are some really cool scenes. Don't get me wrong. There's uh, something of an autopsy scene where they're trying to discover a weakness. Kind of neat. Uh, there, unfortunately, is also a scene where, and again, I, I got to try and do this without spoiling anything. I'm going to say that it involves rappelling, and the lieutenant does something heroic. Now they're setting charges 
to try and defeat this new piece of enemy armor. And as I'm watching this, all I can think is, you mean to tell me that not a one of those guys has an M203 attached to their weapon? Especially because later in the movie, somebody has an M203 that they use to good effect. And I'm just like, ah, come on. Then, uh, how do I say this? At one point in the movie, there comes the opportunity to regroup and get with squads and whatnot. The chaos of the battle uh, has a lull. And for whatever reason, people are completely ignoring whatever branch of service they served in and just keep rolling with the Marines. And I'm like, really? You know, come on. That and the character, I'll just go ahead and say it, played by Michelle Rodriguez, uh, doesn't even carry her firearm in a method that uh, an Air Force person is trained in. I just, it just irritates me. Uh, am I nitpicking? Yeah, probably. The movie made plenty of money. People seem to enjoy it. But uh, it concerned me that when I looked it up, <laughs> I'm seeing that I'm basically rating it along with uh, other critics and uh, Robert Ebert. Robert Ebert? Roger Ebert. Um, it's just not very good. And they overlooked the one critical fact that we all learned 15 years ago with uh, Independence Day. Without Jeff Goldblum and a Macintosh, you just don't really get to save the end of the day. That's right, bitches. Interfacing with Apple hardware kills aliens. Say what you will. Maybe you gave them iTunes and that caused the virus. I don't know. Anyway, that's my movie review. Uh, I got to give that one a big fat pass and recommend that you check out something else. Uh, in the meantime, I'll be looking for other cool movies to review and submit to you guys. So take care. You know, this was a review that I had for a little bit and I kept because I did want to see the movie. Uh, I wanted to chime in on it. And uh, I have to say that I agree pretty much with everything that Eric said. The movie could have been more. There were situations and scenes that were kind of either unnecessary or were, were so almost like playbook type thing. Like, okay, this is what you do at this part, you know, of the, of the movie type deal that it kind of took me out a couple of times. Um, there were a couple of scenes like that where they were trying to manufacture tension in among uh, Aaron Eckhart's character, who's coming into this Marine Corps squad. Um, he's a Marine Corps sergeant, but it's not his squad or platoon, whatever it was. I don't know what the size either. Um, Probably more like a squad, I guess. But uh, there were a, a lot of things that were kind of done just to sort of move the story along that I that I thought didn't really make too much sense, or that some of the characters did things that I thought they probably would not have done uh, in a in a in a little bit better done movie or one that was a little bit more well thought out. Now, having said all that. And having agreed with a lot of Eric's criticisms, I would still probably say that I would give this maybe a C uh, and not necessarily a D. It is sort of what it is, which is just kind of a popcorn action movie. Uh, it's just there to entertain you. It's not there to make a big impression on you. And from from that point, I think that they probably did they accomplished what they what they wanted to do. Um, I actually was able to see the movie on a pay per view thing. Uh, our satellite provider did a thing where they said, you know, there, here's these five movies or something, and you can get you can pay a dollar for each one of them. And so, uh, Battle LA was was one of them that I that was one of the choices. And so I thought, well, heck, for a dollar, it's just as cheap as waiting for it to come to Redbox, and I don't have to do anything; I just press a button. Uh, 
So uh, again, I think it's worth you know that dollar. So I, it, it's not really worth anything else. I would never buy the movie uh, or anything like that. Um, even if it was in a bin for five bucks, I was just like, eh, I, you know, it wouldn't be that worth worth it for me to be able to do that. Uh, it's not a terrible movie, but again, don't expect a whole lot out of it. Uh, and it's just the thing where you go in and you turn your brain off and you get to see a lot of stuff blown up. Uh, and, and But again, having said that, there could have been a lot more stuff blown up. And they, I, th- I thought they could have done more with the aliens and you could have seen more of them or they maybe had more interaction with them and stuff. But uh, anywho, uh, I was trying to think if there was any other movies that were similar that I've kind of seen that I really liked. Um, and I may, I, you know what, I... Uh, I saw one not too long ago that I really liked called I Saw the Devil, and I saw this through Netflix. Now, speaking of Netflix, lots of you guys out there, like myself, have Netflix, and the plan that I had was I got one, I had unlimited DVDs, and they would send me one at a time, so that meant that that I can watch as many DVDs as I, as I can during that month for that monthly subscription price, as long as I can get them kind of turned around in the mail. So if I could somehow get 10 DVDs a week, be able to have time to watch them and turn around and get them back you know, to them and then them mail me out a new one, I could do that. But they only send me one movie at a time. And then with that plan, I also have unlimited streaming. And I guess what Netflix has done, we got back from vacation, and I have an email from them saying that they're going to raise the price. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Because they had raised the price on me before, and and what kind of makes it frustrating is, I started out let's say at like at ten dollars a month, and then they said, hey, if you're on this one DVD a month plan, we're going to actually reduce your price because as kind of a customer loyalty type thing. So they actually reduced it down to eight ninety nine a month, and then it kind of went up again a little bit here and there, uh, to where I'm, I'm basically paying like ten bucks a month. Well, what they're saying now is that you can either opt in. For that, you know, eight to ten dollars a month, you can either opt in to have your one DVD, unlimited one DVD, sent to you at a time, or you can do the unlimited streaming, but not both for this for this eight to ten dollar price. Now, if you want both, what we'll do is you can still have both, but we're going to raise your price to, to basically sixteen dollars a month, which from my ten dollars that I was paying is basically a sixteen, a sixteen, a six percent increase. And oh my God, that's I'm, what a dumbass! Sixty six zero percent increase. There we go. You can tell it's been a while since I've been in front of the microphone, which is a a pretty hefty increase when you think about it. And I, I still think, for me, I'm I'm still willing to pay that price. I'm not going to get rid of my subscription or anything. And I think most people probably won't, even though they're going to be mad about it. I wish that they had had given you a, a little a little bit of something extra. So I think either something that they needed to do was either said, look, we've we've doubled or tripled our our um streaming our our streaming content. Because if you look at what they have DVDs and then compare that with what they have that's available for online streaming, online streaming represents a very, very small portion of what they have from their selection of DVDs. And what I thought they should have done if they were going to raise the price, either double or triple your um, availability of stuff on your on your streaming or bump me up 
sort of that next level in the plan where I can at least get two DVDs at a time. You'll send me two DVDs from my queue at a time. But they didn't do that. And I guess there's been a lot of backlash, a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook and over on their blog site are leaving a lot of comments saying, you know, we're loyal customers. Why are you doing this? It's, it's just too big of an increase. And a lot of people are saying that they're going to uh, cancel their subscription. And like I said, I'm not going to cancel mine. To me, it's still it's still an acceptable, well, I don't want to say acceptable. It's a bearable price for me to be able to pay for what we get because we use it all the time. There are are tons of shows on there that my daughter can watch and you know I don't have to worry about buying it or anything like that or or what you know waiting for it to come on TV and then trying to record it type thing so uh for for us it's still we still get a lot of use out of it uh, but like I said I wish that they hadn't bumped it up so high and we'll see what they do there was some uh, articles about it where some of the higher ups from Netflix were quoted as basically saying look we know this is going to make people unhappy and basically what they said was, well, fuck them, you know, because we've got 23 million members. And even if we lose, you know, 30,000 and even if that 30,000 of the people that are complaining, even if they represented, you know, uh, double or triple that amount, even if they quadrupled it and said there were 240,000 people that were going to cancel their subscription, that's nothing when you've got a 23 million subscriber base. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that they're going to do anything. The only reason that they would would was just to kind of get rid of uh, some of that bad publicity that they've got. But I think they're kind of so big right now that they just don't care. Um, and like I said, even if out of all the people that complained, if you, if you multiplied that by four and all those people canceled their subscriptions and left, uh, you know, they, they still have such a broad base to, to draw from that I don't think it makes that big a deal and that's it's kind of unfortunate because it happens a lot you see it happens a lot that companies start out kind of small and they they have real good customer service and then as they get bigger and bigger they kind of reach a certain point or they cross that threshold where even if they lose a ton of people it doesn't really matter to them because they've got so much money coming in so Anyway, that's kind of my little mini rant on Netflix. Like I said, I still like it. I, I get a lot of use out of it. Um, and uh, eventually, I think I talked about this on a previous show, and I think we had had some feedback from Brad where he was saying that they, he was going to get rid of um, uh, either his cable or his satellite and just go with stuff like Hulu and things like Netflix and stuff like that and maybe ITV and all that kind of jazz. So, and uh, eventually I think that's what I'll I'll probably end up doing as well. There's not that many shows uh that I would do uh to keep it and I like I said I've talked about this stuff before so I don't really want to go in and rehash it, but I think that I could end up almost paying for the stuff that I want and still come out a lot cheaper. Um and not having to worry about you know having that monthly fee, and then if on one month you didn't you know didn't watch a lot or didn't pay for a lot of stuff, well then you don't have that big of a bill. So, all right, let's go ahead and let's hear. Actually, since we talked about Brad, let's hear from Brad. Hey Tony, it's Brad from West Michigan. Hey, I've got a review for you. I'm not sure if um, you will want to put this on your show or not. It has to do with tobacco and smoking, uh, a habit which um, I do 
uh, which I which I have at the moment. Um, I've smoked for many many years, but um, basically my review is about a roll your own machine. Um, I've purchased cigarettes for many years of my life, but obviously uh, here in Michigan, um, today's current price for a pack of cigarettes is almost can be six dollars to seven dollars pack. It's quite expensive to smoke. Of course, quitting is an option, but for me right now. Uh, that's not something I choose to do. So I investigated uh, rolling my own cigarettes and decided to um, to give it a go. I uh, went out and bought a machine. Uh, it's called the uh, Topomatic uh, T2. It's, I guess, their latest and greatest uh, cigarette rolling machine, or RYO, which is Roll Your Own. And uh, it's uh, basically pretty sharp looking. It's all stainless steel. Uh, most of the components are metal and uh, it does a pretty good job. Basically, the machine does exactly what it's supposed to do. You put an empty filter, you go out and you buy filters, you buy tobacco, you put an empty filter uh, on the tip of the machine, you put some tobacco into the chamber, and you turn the crank, and it stuffs the filter with, and you're done, you've got a cigarette. Um, the machines aren't overly complicated, but they are relatively um, fragile. This one seems to be very, very durable as opposed to an older one that I had. Um, the problem gets to be if you jam the machine and you force the crank, you can bend some of the, um, you can bend what they call the, the spoon lever, the cam. There's different parts underneath that you can that you can tweak and bend and then you're kind of screwed. You can replace the parts online. You can order some parts, but it's expensive and tedious and so on and so forth. So you just want to be straight and careful with it. This machine, like I said, though, seems to be pretty durable. Uh, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. Um, there's not really anything I would change about it. Quite frankly, I think it does, does the job fantastically. Um, I haven't made any modifications to it. I took it out of the box and started using it, and it's worked fantastic for me for the past uh, couple months. Um, the big factor to doing this, it does take some time. You get faster at doing it, but uh, you have to be willing to spend time out of your day to roll your cigarettes and to, um, you know, depending on how much you smoke is how much time you'll need to take. Uh, average, I would say, for a person is five to ten minutes to roll 20. So you can do the math from there depending on how much you smoke a day, how many packs you smoke a week. The cost is where the big deal is. Um, like I said, cigarettes in Michigan are between six and seven bucks, generally speaking. So you're talking about a carton of cigarettes being between fifty and sixty dollars. I can roll my own with good quality tobacco and good filters uh, for about a dollar twenty-five to a dollar seventy-five a pack. So that is a considerable savings. It's I can do it for one-third or less the cost of having to go to the store and buy them. So that's why I decided to invest in the machine. The machine was $42, and it's already paid for itself. In my situation, as much as I smoke, it's easily already paid for itself. So that's what i got for you today. Um, like I said, I'll understand if you don't want to play this on your show, if you're not into the smoking tobacco thing, that's understandable. But I thought maybe if there's a smoker out there, they might be interested if they're just chew if they're um, kind of deciding to roll your own or not, and especially today when we're trying to save all kinds of money. Um, 
Oh, one more thing. The filters are about $2 a box. You get 200 filters, so you basically get um, a carton of uh, worth of filters in a box for 2 bucks. So they're basically a penny a piece when you roll. The tobacco ranges, um, I usually buy 16-ounce bags, and you can find it anywhere from $15 on up, depending on the quality of the tobacco. I pay about $22 a bag for mine. I buy kind of a medium quality. That's about it. Um, take it easy. Hope you have a great weekend. Uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, thanks, Brad, for that review. Uh, I don't mind on something like that, you know, on the uh, the rolling machines and everything. That's fine for this show. Like I said, we can do reviews on anything that we want. Um, some people may say, oh, why would you put something like, you know, that's a bad habit. Look, you know, everybody's an adult. You make your own choices. That's, you know, one of the things that uh, when we look at some of my political beliefs and philosophies is, as somebody who considers themselves to be a libertarian, uh, as long as you know, he's an adult, he can put, or in fact, all of you are adults, you can put whatever you want inside your own bodies. Uh, as long as that stuff doesn't affect me, uh, you're, you know, your right to do what you choose uh, should be your own, whether that's cigarettes or alcohol or uh, drugs, anything like that. Um, I, I'm a, this is a little bit off topic here, but I'm a big proponent that they should legalize drugs you know there was in this country at one time of course marijuana was legal cocaine was legal pretty much everything was legal and you could get uh, you know all that stuff in at your local drugstore or at the hardware store or the mercantile or whatever you want to call it and uh, you know we, we, we've just gotten way too much into a nanny state but anyway I don't I don't want to get off too far on the political thing you know, I've often wondered, you know, Brad was talking about the cost. And, uh, it, it, man, that's a substantial savings if you are a smoker. Uh, to rolling your own, again, you buy a couple of uh, two or three packs of cigarettes and that thing has already paid for itself. And, and you know, like that, they're only going to go up. Uh, and you said that one, there had a couple of questions. You did say that you could use better quality tobacco. And then I also wonder if, let's say if you're bar, um, I don't even know what brand of cigarettes there are anymore, um, like Camels or whatever. Um, but let's say if you're buying like a regular brand of cigarettes, you of course don't control what they put in it. So all the other chemicals and things that they put in there is, I guess that would be different because you're, you wouldn't have that because you're buying just the pure tobacco. So the tobacco isn't going to be sprayed with all the other nasty crap that they keep in there. So uh, anyway, if there any of you guys are out there that are smokers and that sounds like a good deal, it sounds like you could save quite a bit of money on them. All right, Brad, thanks for that. Appreciate it. And we hope to hear from you again soon. Earlier in uh, on earlier episodes of the show, I was talking about maybe getting a little pistol, either a small revolver or a small... Uh, auto gun so like a, a little lcp or something like that and we've had some people send some stuff in and in fact we have a uh, uh some feedback from mel so i'll go ahead and play that now hi tony this is mel from upper michigan just calling in regards to your request for information on a small carry gun um, I, too, as in one of your other uh, 
people that listen to your podcast have the Ruger LCP. Um, I purchased it initially just to have a small gun where any other size gun wasn't going to fit. Uh, occasionally, uh, with shorts or dress attire, uh, putting a, an outside the waistband holster or even an inside the waistband holster doesn't work all that well as far as concealed carry. So with the LCP, I looked at the various models from Caltech and other manufacturers, and for price and availability, the Ruger fit my bill. I've probably put 300 rounds through it now. I have had no failures to feed, no failures to fire with it. Uh, it's worked flawlessly with just about any ammunition I've put through it. I've put uh, four or five different manufacturers of of bullets through the gun so I feel pretty confident that it will will fire when required. Uh, my main concern with it was beyond five to seven yards it wasn't much good. The sights on it are minimal to <laughs> put it nicely but there was real no function for it beyond 10 yards. The uh, Not that uh, you would need it beyond that for the most part anyway. But it really wasn't an accurate gun. And I knew that and I just it was a last sort of a last ditch have a gun in the worst possible moment. I was lucky enough to be able to get a set of the uh, um, of the Crimson Trace laser sight for it. Uh, that has made a phenomenal difference. Uh, we installed it, and fortunately there was no adjustment required. Uh, in shooting it at close range, it shot just a tad below where I was sort of sighting with the sights. So I ended up just uh, wherever the dot was, it put a bullet within an inch of that dot at close range. Uh, I slowly backed up at the range, got out to 25 yards, and it still, with proper trigger control, put that bullet within uh, two or three inches of that red dot. So if you're looking for an LCP or a small carry gun of that sort, uh, the Crimson Trace laser sighting system for those small guns would be a must in my opinion. Uh, it's worth the expense. Not that you're going to need an accurate gun out to 25, 30 yards when that small of a caliber, but if you did need it, uh, simply looking at the dot, pulling the triggers, you know, even under stress, is going to give you a pretty accurate hit from damn near any distance. So, just my two thoughts on it. Hope you uh, hope you can make use of the information and uh, enjoy your podcast and keep going. Thanks, Tony. All right, thanks, Mel. Our Michigan boys are hitting back strong today. Uh, you know, I've I still haven't uh, quote unquote pulled the trigger on buying a little gun yet. I saw one, um, or I heard from another podcast I was listening to, and I can't remember off the. Oh, it was um, Gun Nation with Doc Wesson, and they had done a review of the Diamondback DB9. Uh, which is a small little 9mm, uh, very lightweight, real thin. Um, but I, I kind of think for what I'm really wanting is something 
that is going to be small and that I can have, I can at least have a gun on me, but it's going to be something where I could put in a, in a pocket, of course, with a pocket holster, uh, and just kind of forget about it. Uh, and it's not going to print. It's not going to be, it's not going to weigh down. Um, especially like, you know, Mel was saying, if you're sometimes, especially out here in Arizona, it's so hot that if you're wearing lightweight shorts or a t-shirt and things like that, a, a lot of times it's hard uh, to have something that isn't going to print. And another thing that I was thinking of, and I think I'm going to try and maybe make uh, maybe make like a small one out of Kydex. And that's another thing I'm going to try is do some uh, um, some experiments with some Kydex. I've uh, kind of drawn up plans I've, to make my own uh, press. I just got to order this stuff now and try it. I still need to find at the, um, at the thrift store, I need to find either a toaster oven or... I actually saw a dude on on uh, YouTube where he did a really neat thing. He was using like a griddle plate, like an old griddle plate that he got from a, a thrift store, and he would just heat it up on that plate, kind of like you you know like you're making a pancake only you're using Kydex. Uh, but anyway, I'm gonna do my uh, kind of do my uh, uh, hand at that. So if any of you guys out there have had experience with making stuff or you have some advice for me, I'd sure like to hear it. Uh, but you know, going back and forth, and even though I did mention that DB9. Um, I think that I probably will end up going with the LCP, uh, just because it's going to be so slim and so small that I can kind of keep it. And in those times when I need to carry concealed and I don't want to have any chance of printing or anything like that at all, uh, I think that's going to be the gun for me. Um, if it's a situation where somebody's, you know, 35 or 40 feet away from me i'll run away if i can and if i can't you know if i have to shoot at somebody at those distances for whatever reason i uh, i I can't visualize those reasons in my head too well but i'm sure that there, for every situation there could be a reason so Uh, but i appreciate that review mel and uh, i i do think i'm gonna get that get that little lcp the prices of them are pretty good and uh what I have heard from people, though, is kind of what you're saying is you really need to have that little laser on there. Uh, and so that's good to know that you're getting those those small groups because you think, you know, we're, we're so used to worrying about group size, you know, of, oh, you know, it needs to be a one-inch group or it needs to be the size of a of a dime. You know, you should be able to get that kind of accuracy. Well... Even if you, you were capable of doing that in a situation where your heart rate's going to be going, you're not going to be shooting quarter or dime groups. Uh, you want to be able to, to to point the gun at the target and be able to hit it. So if you could get something even the size of a of a a dinner plate on somebody, if you're hitting them in the chest, you're gonna you're gonna you know get that person's attention. So I don't I don't really place too much. Uh, stock in groups and things, especially from a handgun. Now, from a rifle, if you're if you're doing things like bullseye shooting, uh, most of, most of the modern rifles today are made so well that you're going to get real good groups. But and even with that, with you know with a rifle, if you're saying you know you could get a four or five inch group uh, at a hundred yards. Um, you know, and most rifles will will do better than that. But even if, if I was shooting, let's say, a four-inch group at 100 yards, I'd be perfectly happy with that. Um, 
So, and especially, you know, but we're talking more about, you know, like a defensive situation. So I, I think that that is perfectly acceptable. And like I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's what I'm going to go with. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's so small and Ruger builds things so well. Uh, and, and makes things so rugged, uh, and they've got great customer service and everything, and they try and make things right if something goes wrong. So uh, once I get some of my pennies saved up, I'll go ahead and do that. Uh, oh, and you know what just popped into my head? This is a little bit off subject, but you know, a lot of times we talk about on the show things like getting out of debt and uh, taking financial responsibility for ourselves and our households. And I was watching a thing on, uh, oh, it was something about uh, uh, stars that had, you know, maybe done commercials and stuff or, you know, who had kind of hawked for what wears. And they had a commercial, it was for Camaro, and it was in the, uh, oh, probably 71 or 72, something like that. Anyway, Lloyd Bridges, no, was that, yeah, Lloyd Bridges, the guy who was on Sea Hunt, and a lot of other people might know him from the airplane movie where he's like, oh, I picked a bad time to give up sniffing glue. Um, he was doing a commercial with his daughter or something like that, and it was showing, like, you know, the, the, this Camaro was driving and everything like that, and it gets to the point to where she's like, you know, Dad, are you using my, you know, my car again type thing? And he's like, yeah, I guess I better save up and, you know, get one of my own. And I thought, you know, you would never really hear that language in a commercial today where the guy is, instead of saying, oh, well, I'll just go out and get a loan and and, uh, get instant gratification. You know, I don't have to worry about saving up. You know, that in that commercial, they were because that was sort of the culture of the time was much more of you need to save up some money and then maybe you can, once you've got half of the money saved up, maybe then you could get a loan that you could actually afford to pay for. And in our culture today, and and not not even this culture, but throughout the culture, through most of the world, that's not it. Uh, You know, if you look at cultures like Japan, Japan tends to be a culture that places a lot of value on saving money. So does, uh, for the most part, I think so does the Chinese uh, but especially in Japan, Japan are are uh, traditionally known as big savers of their money. And unfortunately, in this country, we used to be. We used to, savings was a big, important part of of uh, taking financial responsibility for yourself. And I remember as a kid, you know, they talked about one of the first things that you should set up. And one of the first things that we learned about was, you know, getting a savings account and putting away money and kind of, you know... Uh, a penny saved is a penny earned type thing. But unfortunately, we've gone so far away from that that uh, the idea of having big savings, the idea of having a nest egg doesn't really uh, resonate with most people. Most people are like, well, put it on a credit card and you can kind of pay it off. And, uh, you know, with the financial straits that we're in in this country and, and, you know, throughout the world, a lot of people are predicting that that uh, we're going to debase our currency so much that... Uh, They'll have to be a new one, whether it's going to be an Amero or a, a, a Euro dollar or something like that. I don't know. Um, I don't know that it'll come to that, but uh, but that that did strike me. I remember that did that did stand out where he was talking about, well, I'll save up my money and then I'll get one of my own type thing. So it's time to whip out my pimp cane and beat some knowledge into your heads. 
So listen up, motherfuckers. All right, now is the time in the show where I like to talk about some of the podcasts and some of the things that I've been uh, either watching or reading, some of the things I think maybe some of you guys might like. Uh, Our friend Ken, who's done a bunch of stuff for the show, he's actually got another podcast he's doing. He's like me now. He's doing two. He's got his um, his newest one is the Rimfire Podcast. And I just, uh, when I got back into town, I was able to download it, listen to it. And it's about um, basically Rimfire ammunition, which primarily is going to be uh, twenty two uh, ammunition. There, you know, there are stuff like the... Um, uh, and the, with the 22s, you're going to have 22 long rifle, 22 shorts, 22 magnums. And so he did a uh, his first episode, which I really enjoyed. I'd recommend that you go over and uh, download his, his uh, podcast and subscribe to it and give him some feedback. I'll put a link to his thing in the show notes today. Uh, as always, if you like uh, podcasts about movies, I uh, highly recommend that you go and listen to the B movie cast with Vince Rotolo, his wife, Mary, and with Nick Brown, a uh, great movie, uh, great movie podcast, a real good sense of community over there. In fact, I've been remiss in uh, sending some feedback over there. I need to, to uh, send some feedback in over to Vince. Um, let's see what else. What was, Oh, some, uh, some books that I've been reading. Oh, uh, well, before I jump into that, there's also, uh, another podcast again, if if you, um, uh, which I've mentioned a lot of times in the past, is Scott Sigler. You can go over to scottsigler.com right now. He's finishing. He's doing his, um, uh, I guess you'd call it Galactic Football League series. Uh, the first book was the Rookie. The second one that he's doing now in podcast is the Starter, and so he's going through that. And I've talked about that before. Uh, also, there's the new. Um, the new shooter podcast um and he's got i th- i want to say he's got about five episodes now uh, and you can just type in new shooter podcast and actually i need to actually put a link to his stuff uh, over on the site as well um let's see from a political standpoint still a big supporter of ron paul I hope he gets the primary. Uh, he late, he recently announced that he was not going to seek re-election for his congressional seat, or for uh, which means that for his seat in the um, in the House of Representatives for Texas, he won't run for re-election from that. Uh, and if he does not win the uh, the presidential election, then he will probably uh, will probably still be seeing a lot of uh, from him. Uh, I'm sure he'll do a lot of speaking tours and he'll he'll be doing some other stuff. But uh, if he doesn't get the uh, the primary election, I don't know if he'll maybe run as an independent or if uh, in some states I don't know if it's legal to be able to do that. He was he had mentioned in an interview that uh, there may be some uh, some question or concern with some of that. Some states say that if you start running for uh, presidential office. That you, as a Republican, that you need to stay in there. Same if you were, you know, a Democrat or a Libertarian or a, a Independent type thing. That you would need to, uh, you would need to kind of finish out the the your campaign uh, for president as as whatever you started out in. And some states they say that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can sort of do whatever you want. Which I feel that's how it should be. Uh, you know, if he didn't get the primary uh, nomination. Uh, for the Republican Party, that he should be able to run as an independent. Uh, but anyway, I, uh, I I really support him. Um, if you guys don't really know much about him, 
I think that he, and I don't agree with everything that he stands for or says, but he's right on the money uh, as far as finances and the economy. He's right on the money. He's 100% on the money with Second Amendment things, with firearms ownership, with private property, with taking responsibility for yourself, um, with having... uh, uh, again, personal freedom that is tied with with uh, personal and individual responsibility. Um, so, anyway, that's my endorsement, and that's who I'm going to be voting for. I I told my wife that even if he doesn't win the primary, I'll probably still write him in anyway for the president. Uh, let's see um, books that I've been reading. I I uh, uh, have been reading Ron Paul. Um, the Re- revolution that he wrote back, I think it was in 2007. I've also was reading a book called The Politically Incorrect Guide to American History by Thomas Woods. And I um, was had gotten another one called uh, 33 Things, 33 Questions You're Not Supposed to Ask or something like that. Anyway, it's by Thomas Woods again. But that one, there was a hold on it. And by the time we got back from Montana, it was time to turn it in. So I had to turn that one in. But I'll, I'll recheck that one out when it comes out. Uh, other movies that I was watching, um, I don't know, I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, but I, I had recently watched through Netflix, I Saw the Devil, which is a Korean movie, really good movie. Uh, and I've been watching, um, oh, tons of other stuff. A lot of times the, the things that I watch, you know, I, I just they throw up there because... Uh, I've got them through Netflix and it doesn't really cost me anything. One thing that I watched was a movie called Rubber, uh, which again is streaming on Netflix. If you've got that, I'd say check it out. It's a, it's a different type of movie. Um, I won't really do a review on it, uh, but I would recommend it. Um, you sort of have to be in the mood for it because it's about, uh, it's about a tire that goes on a, on a rampage. Um, and the, the movie, breaks the fourth wall and all this other stuff so uh, again it's a different movie it may not be for everyone well i think that's going to do it for today my monkeys Uh, let me leave you with this little bit of wisdom i think this is going to be one of my my new sign-offs part of a philosophy that i have which basically says don't hit anybody don't take anybody's stuff and tell the truth all right monkeys take care i'll talk to you next time The way to get rid of tension is to do just the opposite of all the things that cause it. Cause it. Cause it. And we can flag it to the sunset.
saying shit that has never ever really been said. Look what you did, you can't feel it no more. It's kind of sad, you don't even know what's real anymore. I can't even the score, I don't believe it no more. By the time I got the focus, couldn't see it no more. Guess you deceiving them all, thought you wasn't involved. You never had a clue, so nothing ever resolved. Now how clever is God, how evil is man? Trigger it right hand, I'm never giving a damn. This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. Oh,